This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Fertility Life Raft podcast with me, Alice Rose. How are you doing? I am really excited to share this week's episode with you. So I have known Dr. Larissa, my guest for today, for quite a few years now. And we got to know each other um, when we were first, when I was sort of first um, working in this space and doing some consulting for a kind of fertility brand and Larissa kind of... um, uh, kind of appeared like this this uh, gorgeous goddess in the room and she was so friendly and so lovely and she's always been a huge supporter of my work and I'm um, I'm really um, really grateful to her um, but for you she is an absolute wealth of incredible information knowledge, research and experience. She is a leading obstetrician and gynaecologist and she has helped those wishing to become parents conceive through her unique programme, The Conception Plan. And the reason we're chatting this week is because she has now finally released her first book, which is called The Conception Plan. And it blends the latest discoveries in Western medicine with the cutting edge science of epigenetics and ancient wisdom of Eastern healing. It's a 12-week tried and tested holistic plan which overhauls your health physically emotionally and spiritually to give you the very best chance of getting pregnant. So we've had a really interesting chat. I really hope you love it. Please do rate, review, subscribe, all the things to help more people to find this. Um, I am really passionate that more people should hear about what's happening in the fertility world as it unfolds, because it is a fast moving um, space. And Dr. Larissa is really at the forefront. She is on this morning as their TV doctor, um, but she is very well experienced and I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation. Enjoy. Warmest welcome to the Fertility Life Raft for the second time, Dr. Larissa Corder. How are you? Oh, thank you for having me back, Alice. I think our first time was in 2018, right? Is that, um, is that the year? Yeah, that was the year, I think. Um, and also it was all prior to the conception plan kind of ever coming into the world so it's really exciting to to reconnect um, since the launch and to now be be able to talk about this because you know a long time has gone on including the pandemic oh my goodness yeah so much has changed for us both personally for I mean we used to live down the road each other in South London and I think you recorded that first episode in your flat I think didn't you yeah I think so I have a memory of being there and you cooking me a really nice um dinner (laughs) and then yes and nutritious but also I have memories of you cooking me really nice dinners too so I'm not sure whether it was at yours or mine that we ended up doing it but both both 
don't know anyway here we are on zoom which we're all used to now after the um pandemic um and yeah so much has changed since then and just you know uh, watching what you have been doing in the fertility landscape and all of your work on this morning um and then of course you were serving on the front line and just and now the reason we're talking today is because you have just published your first book, The Conception Plan, um, and it's just a huge moment for you. It's topping charts, it's breaking records, it's a bestseller in all sorts of lists. How are you feeling about that? Oh my god, it, it's all been a bit crazy because, um, of course, you you came to to the intimate launch that I did and. You know, it's it's just even then when I was sort of processing what had happened in the few days since the launch, it's it, it's just been mad. Um, I mean, in a really, really good way in that I could never have predicted the impact um, that this would have and, and how, you know, people would would resonate or start resonating with it, even within, you know, the, the first. So, so we're at the moment of recording this with two weeks since publication and already I'm being inundated with so many messages of people telling me how much, um, how useful they're finding it, how it's really resonating with them. And that as an author, I mean, is is the greatest gift that, that you can have because, you know, I always said that even if this book, you know, was only picked up by one person, read by one person, and it made a significant difference in their life, that would have been right, would have been worth writing um, just for that one experience alone, for sure. But to have so many people, um, you know, in the UK and further afield, purchasing their copy, messaging me about that, already telling me about how much it's helping them is, is just incredible and, and feels like a bit of a dream. And, and I think the fact that, you know, um, the book has literally, you know, made it into the charts and topped up movers and shakers in across the board for Amazon is, is unbelievable because I don't think that's ever happened with a book, you know, that's actually about conceiving <laughs> and oh. that gives me so much comfort the fact that actually this is a bit of a revolution you know that not only do people need this but actually this is such an important topic this is such an important subject and you know people are responding to that it's something that's needed in so many lives and what I think is also happening is that people are also reading between the lines, because though it's easy to presume that this book is just for people who are looking to conceive right now, actually, this book is about really overhauling and changing your health and wellness, regardless of whether you're looking to have a baby now or in the future, or even if you finished having babies. You know, it, this book is still for you. It's still relevant. And it's really about how to give birth to yourself first and foremost before considering giving birth to anyone or anything else. And, and I really think that people have picked up on that, even without me having articulated it. <laughs> Until now on this podcast. Yeah. So um so yeah, it's um it's been beautiful. What do you think it is? I mean, I know I I know because I know I, I know what's in this book, but um can you just give a kind of why why do you think it's having such a huge impact? Why did we need this book and what was missing before that this book is speaking to? So when I set out to write this, I was aware, obviously, there are many brilliant books that have been written on the subject before, many of which I have read. And I know your listeners will have read as well and, and consumed in their thousands. Um, so it was really important that I wrote something that was different, uh, that I felt was missing out there. And that was a book that 
I would want to read. They always say write the book that you know you you want to read and that you feel isn't out there. So for me, it definitely felt like a lot of what is out there, and especially with the medical approach, seems very incoherent and fragmented you know, if I can put it in those terms. So it's mainly around focusing on a person as a system, you know, on a person as a reproductive system or a gastrointestinal system. And there's very little that's done to join all of these things together in a holistic way. And in particular, when it comes to the mind and the impact of the mind on the body, I feel like there's very little out there, especially within the, the medical field. And it's something that's really fascinated me over the years, because through seeing many patients and clients, I came into the realization that the mind absolutely has a huge impact on what's going on in our bodies. Um, and I started to recognize certain patterns, um, emotional patterns that were also behind various different things that people would present with. So it started me on this kind of rabbit hole of research um, and delving into aspects of that. Um, so, so that was really one of the main things that I wanted to get across with this book, this very integrated holistic approach that took into consideration the mind just as importantly as it did the rest of the body. But also I wanted to bridge that gap between science and spirit because, you know, yes, I'm trained as a scientist. Yes, I'm an allopathically trained doctor, but I am also trained in energetic medicine um, and I am also very spiritual myself and engage in lots of these different modalities. And I started to research those a lot more. And with that came the understanding that actually these esoteric healing modalities that really formed the foundation stone of traditional medicine as it was back then. Um, have so much to offer us and have so much science behind them now that I just don't think people even realize. So I felt it was definitely time to start bridging that gap and drawing in on these alternative therapies and modalities and bringing them into the mainstream and providing that science behind them so that people could grasp onto an understanding of why these things may help and why they should be done in tandem with the medical approach and not as a last resort, which is what often happens with people, you know, who sort of reach the end of, of the line and, and kind of go, well, you know, what the heck, Let, let's just do this and let's go and see an acupuncturist or let's go and see a hypnotherapist. And I really wanted to show people that actually these are techniques that, that we should be using really, um, yeah, in, in tandem and at the same time as we're doing all of the other things. But I guess the most important reason for writing it is that sense of empowerment and control. I really wanted to give people a chance to see that there's actually a huge amount that they can do themselves to seize that the control back in, in a situation that can often feel anything but. It can really, and, and you know this, you know, it, it feels so outside of your ability to to be able to grasp at anything and I and I wanted to show people that actually the opposite is true that there are so many things that you can hold on to that you can do and that you don't need to pay for them and you know though we talk about all these different techniques and I address them in the book actually just the simple power of you know focusing on breath work or learning to meditate or learning to journal in itself are completely inexpensive techniques that you can do every day with yourself, but they will make a lasting, impactful change and difference. And, and that's really what I wanted to get across in all of this. It's that combination that you said there, um, spirit and science coming together. And I just felt like I wanted to breathe out because I feel like mm -hmm. um, for a long time, you know, uh, honestly, I feel like 
the fertility world is almost polarized sometimes in how it approaches this and actually if we can just come at it with a kind of really open mindset and look at like well, why I wonder why these things have been around for thousands of years there's there's got to be something here so for you to actually combine everything and put it into a plan and give people this um, ability to see that they can take back control in so many different ways is so um Oh, it's just yeah like I just I just feel like it's like a breath of fresh air in in the fertility world it really is and you know being I sort of think it's um and I don't know if this is the right word but it feels it feels like quite a brave book to decide that this is time now like we're going to talk about this we're going to talk about the fact that yes we can put um we can talk about crystals and we can talk about um chakras and we can talk about all of the spiritual healing in the same book that you are also giving really practical guides for, you know, the tests that you might want to go for, what happens when you do go for um, assisted reproductive um, um, techniques, technologies, what am I saying? Art, yeah, um, yeah. you know, IVF, all of that. It's it's all in there. And why shouldn't it be? But it, for some reason, it's felt mm. like we weren't, al- we weren't allowed, we weren't allowed to talk about these things. Mm might come at you or something mm-hmm. how has that felt for you just coming at it coming at it and, and sort of going no mm-hmm. you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say what I really need to say here people need yeah, yeah thank you for recognizing that it did it did take um courage to sort of delve into those fields and and to sort of decide yes I'm going to be really open about this but at the same time it felt very very natural because actually you know so many of these um modalities if you want to call them have you know have made a huge difference in in people's lives and I do think that many people have been looking for someone who's scientifically trained to be able to offer that validation because you know I truly stand behind what I say and I have used and experienced all of these techniques that I that I talk about um, so I'm very, very authentic in that. And I truly believe in them. And I have more than that seen them help so many people that I have treated um, and, you know, who have come to me for help. So this is really a combination of so many experiences plus research that I think offers offers us reasoning behind why we should be taking these techniques seriously. And and I do think you're right. Sadly, there is a lot of polarization um, between that sort of Eastern and Western world, if you want to call it, when it comes to medicine. And, you know, this sense of, um, I guess, you know, when, when it comes to the medical front, almost like a sense of hubris that we kind of know everything there is to know. And, and we don't need to engage with the other stuff and all of that's just woo woo and actually it's not real and actually it's just the placebo effect now if we take that just alone as the just the placebo effect I've always been fascinated by just the placebo effect because if we're saying that actually the placebo effect is the effect of the mind convincing a person (laughs) that they can have the same outcome they produce the same outcome their, their bodies produce the same outcome to let's say a surgical technique or a medical technique we're using well isn't that incredible it doesn't make sense to me that we're just dismissing it as something unimportant but actually it's hugely important because what we're saying with that is just the power of the mind alone is capable of having these very real biological biochemical neurological <laughs> immunological effects that's massive 
Oh, that's completely. really massive. So uh, should we be focusing our attention on that as well as trying to develop all these other wonderful technologies and techniques that we are doing in science? We should be taking that just as seriously. And I definitely felt it, it got to a point where it was just so frustrating, to be honest with you, Alex, of just, you know, <laughs> sitting there and watching this happen. And, and I just felt I had to say something about it because it is it, it all belongs together. It really, really does. And I think we are on a new frontier of medicine. I think it started to happen, especially during the pandemic, when many people couldn't necessarily access the medical services. So they started to resort to alternative techniques themselves. Again, it's this point of last resort for a lot of people. And suddenly they started to find, well, actually, these things are helping. Um, you know, for the first time during the pandemic, I remember because I was working on Labourwood, I was seeing so many women in their 40s just get pregnant naturally, you know, Um and that was incredible, you know, talking to them and asking them what had changed in their lives to, to allow that to happen. Um, and I think we saw also many people who've been sort of lined up to do IVF and have more interventional techniques suddenly become pregnant naturally. Um, so, so that to me was fascinating, you know, investigating that and looking at that and seeing well, what, what happened that was different during that two year period compared to normal and was it about people sort of seizing back a level of control um that they never thought that they had right yeah, so that yeah they, completely you know yes. effectively given up and outsourced to something else so it's high time <laughs> that we start merging these two worlds of of science and spirit so really you know i i talk about the conception plan as a scientifically spiritual approach because it is and it might sound like a paradox to people but when they read the book they will soon see that actually um spirituality is a very big part of science and belongs there um, oh, and has always done so oh it's so good to hear that being spoken about and actually i definitely feel like you know what i also hear is that people you know people in my membership are like actually you know just now we were having conversations about um some spiritual stuff and you know their thoughts on it and people are saying oh i've always thought of myself as you know a really sensible um person but actually i'm starting to explore this and i'm like why is it not sensible to explore ancient wisdom like how is that not a sensible approach to looking at something really big and difficult in your life it's very sensible to have a look at all of the things that are out there in the world that you could potentially use to support yourself support your wellness support your mindset support your life in general um I just think there's just there's so much that I want to say about this there's, there's, there's all these different um you know uh, parts to it so you have your practical kind of um start where you kind of give a really good overview of like what everything what they can expect from the book um and what's in there there's a really good kind of sort of practical pathway to kind of where to start when you're in um you know when you're going through fertility stuff um and then you talk about all the alternative therapies and then there's the plan itself which is a 12 week plan and includes you know you've you've woven all of those in because actually what people can find and, and certainly what as, as you say it's sort of so disjointed usually all of this stuff is that you've given people a like here's a here's a step-by-step -step approach for you here you go it's done and you don't have to think too much because that's the added thing is you know you can feel so overwhelmed when you come into this stuff that actually it it, it might be great to learn about everything but actually without that step-by-step -step approach you might not actually implement so Tell me a little bit more about, um, you know, why it's 12 weeks and how people can um, really get the most from it. 
Yeah, yeah. So yes, absolutely what you've said. This is the reason why I, I kind of wrote something practical, because I think when you are in the midst of so much information that feels so overwhelming, um, and is a lot to consume, what you want is, is just some really kind of simple, basic to follow guidance on, on what to do that incorporates all of these pretty complex ideas, actually, when, when you make your way through the book, talking about things like epigenetics and trauma and, you know, emotional wounding and healing. So, um, so the reason it's three months is because you know, as I think most people will appreciate by now, there is no fast fix to this, to your health and becoming more fertile. It's a commitment. It's it's a process, which is why, you know, when I get asked that question of, oh, you know, what are your top tips for conceiving? I, you know, it's a pet hate of mine <laughs> because I can't answer that question. The truth of the matter is that it's it, it is it's a it's a longer process it's a process that involves you know reading um consuming that information and then implementing it and that takes time and the reason it all takes time is actually you know that there's there's science behind it as well to tell us that actually it takes on average about three months to really kind of move our eggs and sperm out of storage into being functional um functional cells that can you know effectively birth a baby um so we know that um, the, the turnover for sperm is three months and again when it comes to eggs they tend to get select so really the entire selection process goes on actually slightly longer with an egg it's it's about a year before that but those three months are critical because that's when an egg that is going to potentially be used in ovulation starts to be recruited so three months is this really kind of nice period of time during which I think people can start to make some very real changes that start to have some deeper impacts. And, you know, I think nature's designed it like that. In a way, it's very clever, you see, because three months, I think, is a manageable period of time for most people, 12 weeks. It may initially seem like it's a long time, but actually, you know, once you start doing this, I, I think it, it just becomes a habit and, and you sort of start to lose track of time. And, and every, you know, the, the 12 weeks are divided into your introduction week. You've got your final week of reflection, but the weeks in between are handled um, on a two weekly basis so that you kind of focus on specific topics during those two weeks. Um, again, so that you really get the most out of this and make sure you're addressing all these different pillars that I talk about in the book. So there's lots of, practical guidance on what you can be doing from things like, you know, what you should be eating to how you should be exercising at different stages of your menstrual cycle to the sort of, you know, sex that you should be having um, and the consciousness behind that. Um, so, so loads of different things, how to sort of, you know, um, clear out your home from various different toxins that could be having an impact. And all of this, again, might sound like there's loads to do, but actually it's about small manageable steps and taking it a step at a time. And you know what, if this takes you longer than three months, that's absolutely fine. You know, you can adapt it so that it's you, you, you take this beyond that time. And, and actually what I hope will happen with people is it will just become a way of life that they'll just carry on with because they'll start to notice those benefits after three months you know things like changes improvements to your concentration feeling better not feeling so tired and increasing your natural libido um you feel more energetic you yeah. feel more like yourself you feel like you're taking control of things a lot more and i think you know what i what i have found certainly with with my patients that have followed this plan is that they they've just you know carried on um and even after they've had children it becomes a way of life because these things that are written in the book all 
also support you in um in the postnatal especially even through into the menopause um because we know that there's again research behind this that the symptoms we suffer from in the menopause and how well we do during that transition period actually has a lot to do with you know um what what happens to us while we're pregnant and then postnatally afterwards so so there's a there, there is there are a lot of cross links that occur and i think what we should really see this as is investing in your preconception health is super super important not just in terms of allowing you to be fit and healthy and birth a healthier child but also in terms of your long term health as well and that's for both men and women Yes. Oh, cheering, like waving my little flag here, because I feel like everything you're saying is something I really resonate with personally. And, you know, finding that taking ownership of my experience was the single most empowering decision that yeah. I made and recognizing that actually I didn't need to feel so out of control. There were lots of things that I actually could do about, you know, my mind going off in various rabbit holes on the two week wait and all of that stuff. Like it's all there for you to learn about and actually as you said like because it's been so disjointed I, I you know I I think I came to this through kinds of different places and then had to sort of piece it all together <laughs> um, but I remember going to see you know an acupuncturist and a reflexologist and they seemed so knowledgeable and they seemed to have so much this kind of wealth of wisdom and I was like oh thank god like there's more information I can learn here and I can actually apply this and really change how I feel day to day and I think it's important to say as well like you know and you do mention this in the book as well that sometimes no matter what you do sometimes it it won't work and sometimes that is you know something that we have to then go through another process of finding out okay well what's next for me but how do you what what's the what what can we say there to people who might be listening who, who are thinking well I've tried so many different things and um, you know it, it's not working for me how um, can we what, what's your what are your thoughts on that yeah this is really really complex but it is really important to to address and to be honest about that I think that um look that no one no one out there can ever guarantee to someone you're going to have a baby as a result of this. And, and if they try and guarantee that for you, you know, that is a, a lie because no one can do that. But what we can say is that doing these things and investing in yourself as a potential parent is going to not just change your health for the better, but is also going to equip you with an enormous amount of wisdom and self-empowerment, self-compassion, self-love. It's going to change the relationship you have with yourself, with your partner, with other people. It, it will change your life. And that in itself, to be honest with you, is, I think, you know, immense motivation to do this work. Because whether you bec become an actual parent at the end of it or not, and however you choose to become a parent at the end of it, because there are different roads to that. And again, I address those in the book. You will definitely be a different person. and. What I love, you know, one of my patients said this to me and, and it really made me very emotional when, when she said it. You know, she um, has had a very long and complex path um, and is really sort of considering whether she she wants to definitely be a, a parent or not. But one thing she she turned around and said to me is as a result of doing all this work is that she learned to parent herself. Mm -hmm. and that she was immensely grateful for that and it was a really emotional encounter for both of us because I could see how much that meant to her you know that she'd never really 
been able to do that for herself before and neither had she necessarily been able to receive that kind of parenting herself from her parents. So a lot of the work in here is also correcting many things that may have happened transgenerationally, you know, where we have inherited certain things as a result of the healing that our parents didn't necessarily do. And, and that wasn't, again, necessarily their fault because this information just wasn't out there. Mm. Our parents did the best that they could with the circumstances that they had. But sometimes that did leave, um, you know, people with with deep remnants of, of trauma. Um, and, and this is about reconstructing a lot of that. As you say, it's about taking ownership back and sort of saying, well, there are very real things that I can do to try and heal myself. And actually that process of healing is, is far more important than anything else because it is that relationship with myself and whether a baby comes out of that or not is is actually almost takes um you know uh yes as incredible as that is but almost takes a, a secondary um effect from that because the most i would argue important thing is to really be able to reconstruct and reshape yourself and that relationship with the self you know you're you there's almost no choice in that because you kind of have to live with yourself for the rest of your life yeah. <laughs> and everything yeah. that you do is, is and that you pass on to any future child is also tied in with that mm -hmm. so it's it's really really vitally important that we get that right and that we address that process of healing and I think that that doesn't necessarily go on with um much of the fertility world which is purely designed around giving you a baby and yes that's important but if you haven't addressed a lot of the other things that are going on in the background then actually you effectively just a pass those down but b don't necessarily resolve some of the issues behind the infertility and i talk very openly about that, that that you know some of what you experience in life and the side effects that they have in the biological residue that that leaves behind can have a very real impact on your ability to get pregnant so unless we're actually addressing some of these root causes through healing then we're not actually making someone more fertile yes we might be enabling them to have a baby but we're not necessarily making them fertile. And that's an important distinction to make, yes. you know, because being fertile is the ability to manifest a new individual first and foremost yourself. Then mm. anything else that comes from that. And I, and I just don't think that that's taken into account at all. You know, we're, we're used to yeah. fixing things for people as medical professionals but actually this is about enabling people to fix things for themselves and allow them that level of accountability it's something that so many doctors are really afraid of you know to kind of hand over that power and accountability to the patient because they feel it's the equivalent of blaming a patient it's absolutely not I think to think that is incredibly patronizing because I think people want to take accountability. I think people want to take ownership. You know, they realize that there are things that they can be doing themselves. And to say that someone, you know, um, needs some help with something, whether it's, let's say, addressing a trauma that they might have experienced or, you know, um, experiences that they might have had and, you know, helping them to integrate that. That's not a sign of weakness. That's not blaming anyone. You know, you can't help the experiences that you have in life. All of us will have them. 
But what we can do is, is take that accountability for ourselves and the impact those experiences are having on us and, and take back that level of control and say, well, actually, though I might have been exposed to that and experienced that, there is something I can now do about it because my approach to that and my reaction to that can be different and can be of benefit to me rather than something that's that's negative. Absolutely. We are not our experiences. And, you know, taking a role in that. And I think that's the most empowering thing we can possibly do. Um, really, I, I do relate to to that because, it, you know, as someone who's worked now in this um, in this space, supporting other people, you know, it, you have to recognize that sometimes you have to get to a place where you're ready to go, OK, maybe I can have a role in this rather than assuming that the doctor's going to fix it. And there's nothing that you can do. There's, uh, but but having these conversations is just so important because it really opens up the um, dialogue around it and the potential for people to receive more wisdom and more information about how they access their inner wisdom. There, which is always you know it's always there. And I, I very much relate to what you're saying here, Larissa, because I definitely felt like I had a sort of rebirthing of myself before anything did work for me. But I I, I think that what happened for me when I went through a sort of process of like, you know, healing these things that needed to be healed um, and going on a bit of a real self-discovery journey through that and a spiritual journey was recognizing that also I came to a point where um, of course, I still wanted to have a baby, but I recognized that the most important thing was my relationship with myself. And yeah. that, that's why I read just everything in your book. I'm like, yes, I, I really do resonate with it so, so much. Um, I've got like so many other things that I could ask you about. There's one thing actually I wanted to say, which I love that you spoke to as well, around language in the medical field and how yeah. much and, but I love that you you articulated it so well. Because I was like, my God, you just literally summed up things that I've tried to articulate for ages. <laughs> a really clear sentence, which is basically, you said something along the lines of, you know, there's lots of language in the medical world that needs to change, like miscarriage. Mm -hmm. Is that implying mm -hmm. that, you know, that you miscarried? No, that needs to change. Um, you know, blighted ovum, all of those yeah. things that are just just wrong and subconsciously blame the patient for what's happened. But what you've said is, you know, while this, what you can do is be aware that the language needs to change mm -hmm. and that awareness is going to support you in not going down the emotional rabbit hole um, of self-blame and self-criticism and, um, you know, all of that. <laughs> I yeah. definitely should have had the, the page in the book of the book so that I could read that. Yeah. But that's essentially what you've said, isn't it? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think it's really important to, to address that. And thank you for bringing that up because, you know, words have power. Words have real power. And, you know, they have biological effects. I talk a lot about that in one of the chapters, actually, because the third part of the book is about how to customise um, conception for yourself if you suffer from particular conditions um, that might affect the womb, the ovaries, fallopian tubes or the vagina. So in the um, in the chapter on the vagina, I talk a lot about the impact of words, um, because this is an area where so many women will have had many, sadly, many negative and adverse experiences and all of which can feed into disease that expresses itself at the level of the vulva and the vagina and the cervix certain words which are spoken can later on down the line have these biological um, effects and neurological effects. 
And it's all to do with, you know, making certain switches, which is part of neurolinguistic programming, right? And, and that's an area as well that's growing and thriving because people are understanding that the way we say certain things and the words that we use do affect us at the level of the mind, but also at the level of the body. And so much of the language that's used medically is incredibly disempowering. Um, it's insulting a lot of the time. Um, and it's very cold. Um, it, it, it makes people feel as if they are being blamed for something that isn't their fault. And it also makes them feel, yeah, in, in, incredibly disempowered over the process are you suggesting that there isn't anything that that they can do about it and actually you know what i'm trying to say with this book is we need to take back as we've been speaking about that ownership and we need to start learning to empower ourselves and some of that is going to come through the language that we use with ourselves first and foremost and again i address that in the plan of you know using certain affirmations and what you can be saying to yourself throughout the day to try and help um because we know again that that has an impact at the cellular level and i talk about the science behind that in the book um but also in, in tandem with that we as medical professionals need to start changing some of that language and we need to start using different words and we need to start doing better because you know patients expect better and they deserve better so yeah that that movement does need to happen and again you know I I don't shy away from it and from saying it I I do think that you know um science like and medicine like all professions do need to evolve and do need to change and keep up with the times and now that we are getting a lot of this um research that's coming out about the impact of of when I talk about the impact of words it's because of the emotions that they engender and mm -hmm. therefore it's the impact of these emotions again which I talk a lot about in the book which we need to um we need to be addressing a lot more than than we are and you know how you make someone feel is is very very important not only because of the sensitivity behind that um but also because of you know what's ultimately going to happen to that person in terms of their health and how they're going to absorb the impact of those emotions and how that's going to shape the rest of their well-being and, and what happens to them those are very very real and serious consequences and we need to be far more responsible over that as a medical profession than we currently are yes 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 oh my god totally. <laughs> um, <laughs> um but but I do love that you say yeah this is 100% something that needs to change and at the same time what we need to do is recognize that you can also have a role in deciding not to absorb what they're saying to you or trying yeah. not to or at least be yeah. that consciousness um and also just on our the vagina chat there because <laughs> there's a lot of like you do not hold back in this book and I love it I am so here for it Larissa because there's a, a lot of chat about sex about masturbation about why that's important and the relationship that you have with yourself first and foremost is going to have a, an impact on your relationship and how you feel about sex as you're going through fertility um, what was that like to write all about masturbation? <laughs> <in your> <laughs> so I think it's really important to, to explore and write about the consciousness behind sex. And that's something that no one really discusses and talks about. I think in the world of fertility, if you go and see a doctor, <clears throat> at most, a doctor will ask you how often you're having sex and how much sex you're having. And that's about it. But actually, there's so much more to it than that, because 
the sort of yes of course it's important you know having regular sex although i would argue you know everyone gets really hung up on this whole idea of when they should be having sex timing it according to ovulation adding in that extra level of, of pressure and stress and i talk about the fact well actually you know as long as you're having it regularly the fact that sperm can live inside the reproductive tract for quite a few days is great and yes you know if you hit the day of ovulation fantastic but i think we need to kind of remove a lot of that pressure that people are feeling which is definitely not conducive to any kind of i guess pleasurable experience that you might have through this which is really what sex should be about right it's about engaging in pleasure for yourself but also for your partner and you know i the reason i talk about masturbation in this book and its importance is because of that relationship with the self and establishing that pleasure connection with yourself because without that i think it's very difficult to have any sort of um rewarding sex if you like or sex that actually feels good rather than just be being geared towards conceiving a baby Mm. That can actually feel incredibly disempowering. Um, and, and I think, again, because there's so much in this book about taking back that power and level of control, it has to start with the self and that sexual relationship that you have with yourself. So you could be using a lot of these techniques and reading the conception plan, even if you are single, absolutely, it is still for you. Because those things are super important and the hormones that we generate during um whether we're having you know sex with someone else or whether we're masturbating or whether we're just effectively you know arousing ourselves through various different means is really really important because that has an impact on our immune system and it has an impact on our nervous system as well and those all of those things working in tandem so your hormones your immunology your neurology are shaping what's called the epigenome and and I talk a lot about that um and there's a whole chapter on epigenetics but the epigenome is effectively the script that sits on top of our genes so it's what's helping to shape what how our genes are behaving and how they're acting really it's the main overseer of what's happening at that very basic level so if we're actually reshaping our whole epigenome through um the sort of experiences that we're having and through allowing ourselves to experience pleasure that's huge because what that's saying is that we're actually effectively reprogramming our health you know we're effectively switching certain genes on and off which is not only enabling us to reproduce and to potentially be more fertile but it's also having all of these other positive effects later down the line and you know there's a lot of research in there to to support this idea of engaging in more pleasurable sex either with yourself or with a partner and you know it's to do with also um the fact that, that we do have studies to show that for example one of these studies is that women who generally have more sex and and if we say you know a uh, better quality more pleasurable sex do go on and benefit from that longer term in terms of having a lower risk of preeclampsia gestational diabetes that's just in pregnancy alone but later on the health benefits for a woman you know later in her life are also there too so there's so many different reasons for um taking sex very seriously not just in terms of its timing but actually in terms of what I call that bigger consciousness behind it and also the positive impact it's having on your partner and that goes you know for for you know for, for both the man and the woman 
And, you know, the fact that actually as when you exchange certain fluids during sex, if they are infused with beneficial hormones and chemicals and so on, that that will actually go on and influence your partner's health as well in a very, very positive way. So so the, the, the science on that is, is really um, amazing and very impressive. And I think hopefully what it will make people realize is that having sex isn't just a mechanical process of producing a baby. It's actually about so much more than that. It's about actually feeding into your direct level of health um, and future health as well and and your baby's health too so it's really important wow I haven't um heard of that before that's really interesting and there's mm. this is what excites me is that there's so like the, the amount of research that's gone into all of this is is pretty epic isn't it I mean um and I love that you say like that you don't feel like it's an accident that it took you about nine months to kind of oh yeah um, to write to write to write the book I mean, it was amazing. It literally, I, I wrote the book, Living on a Sheep Farm, uh, Living in a Tracksuit, uh, literally <laughs> being a hermit for nine months. And and I don't think it is a coincidence because, of course, you know, the nine month gestational period. Um, and, you know, it's, um, yeah, it, it's been a real, real labor of of love for me. And, and I love that you appreciate the level of research that's gone behind that, because that's the first thing my dad said when he picked up the book. The first thing he went to was actually the section right at the back, because he is a researcher himself. He's um, an electronic and electrical engineer slash inventor. So he's just academically amazing. The first thing he went to was... Um, right well there's so much research in this and I'm really <laughs> impressed already and and that meant a lot you know that that he could as a scientist really appreciate that but of course it was important for me being scientifically trained that you know I have to stand behind what I'm saying that's really really important and if I'm validating certain things I have to be able to show people that evidence because uh, that's what people ultimately want and need to be able to to engage in some of these things they they need that validation and that reassurance and I definitely took that very seriously when I was writing this which is why the book is as long as it is yeah <laughs> <laughs> um you well it's long but it's juicy like it's really yeah I, mean, I, I think there's just it's just packed with um with value and I, I like you say I think it's something that people will come back to again and again and again it's not something I mean yes it's it's the, the focus is on having a baby but there's tools and techniques in there that you, will carry you through every stage of of your life absolutely yeah yeah, um, yeah. I hope so I, that was my intention behind it so yeah absolutely it's something that I hope you'll keep with you for your whole life and you'll pass on to to people who you love or you, who you think might benefit from it it really is I guess a bit of a movement um so so yeah I hope that that people love it um and that most of all that it makes a difference in in people's lives that's what I hope for most especially those who might be feeling um you know pretty hopeless at the moment um or who might have gone quite through quite a lot in terms of this quest to have a baby I really hope it gives comfort it gives a level of control and empowerment and and really helps to change how you feel about yourself and and your circumstances amazing thank you so much Larissa it's been so great to chat to you more and to get deep into all of it I could go on about it for ages um we're sort of like county neighbors now because you're in Glastonbury and I'm in um you're in Somerset uh, not in Glastonbury. yeah where no, no I well I've moved back um a London way now because I, I was that's where I wrote the book that's where right. I wrote the book and because right. actually the other thing to say about that and on a spiritual level is I felt it was really important that this book was infused with um the resonance of the place where I was writing you know and because it is 
such a highly spiritual place where where I was I really feel that actually it's infused the book with her own spirit that's the only way to describe how it's doing at the moment because the book has a spirit and a soul of her own yeah <laughs> <laughs> she's off she's off doing her she's thing off. she's off and yeah. her own people's lives so so yes but but yeah so it's, we're not a million but yeah you're you're a stonehenge way down in Wil- 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 yeah yeah so yes. down the myst- mystical stones um but People can mm-hmm. find so the book is the conception plan. I will obviously link everything in the show notes. And you are drlarissacorder.com, I believe, aren't you? Uh, so actually, that's changed um, oh. since the conception plan has come out. So um, oh. drlarissacorder.com has moved over to the conceptionplan.com. That makes um, sense. Because, which makes complete sense, right? Um, so there's lots and lots of information there for anyone who um, is interested in these topics. Um, there will also be some exciting things coming soon on there as well, because it's my brand new platform. Um, plus, you can order and buy the book through that as well, um, unless you go on, on Amazon. It's, it's got the links to that anyway. So, yeah, everything is on there, basically. Amazing. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, Larissa. And I know people are going to have loved this episode. And if you did love this episode, please do rate and review and subscribe and do all those things so more people can learn about what is happening in the fertility world, because it is constantly evolving and changing. And I hope that with this podcast, we can um, have lots of conversations about what's happening. So you you know don't need to go out and do all the research yourself <laughs> so make sure that you listen. For you. <laughs> yeah exactly and 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 get it out there to people that that need to know about this book about this conversation about this movement that's happening all right take care everybody and lots of love